Today's episode of Winging It on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. Just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent and get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Vince, we've talked about this before, but just mention a moment, perhaps over the All-Star weekend, that NBA games can be unpredictable. I mean, of course, the NBA All-Star game, I think the, I guess it's the rookie sophomore challenge what I know it to be is always unpredictable because you just you don't know if they're going to play any defense or not uh, who's going to score what but you know it's going to be a lot of baskets made and to try to predict the winner is just not even a good idea the same with the all-star game I, I think it was this year the, well, let's say the all-star game with the big guys on Sunday the cool thing about it is seeing everybody play hard and really going forward they had a number that they were trying to reach this year, which which made it interesting. And everyone was really playing for it, but you still didn't know who was going to win, what the outcome was going to be like, and it made for a great out- outcome, even though some people didn't like the, the finish with free throws. But that just tells me it's they were playing hard and they were trying to win and, and drawing fouls instead of just shooting threes. Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent today. Hey, Hoops fans, want to play in a basketball game with some of today's biggest stars with Charles Barkley or Shaq as your coach? Well, Pringles and Cheez-Its are bringing you that chance with the Celebrity Crunch Classic. All you have to do is go make your winning pick for Team Cheez-It or Team Pringles at CelebrityCrunchClassic.com. No purchase necessary. Again, go vote and learn more at CelebrityCrunchClassic.com. Welcome into Winging It, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm your host, Annie Finberg, joined by my co-host, the legend, Mr. Vince Carter. VC in the house. Sorry, you're a legend and all. We are back on the mic. It's been a minute since we've recorded. We're here back in Atlanta. Um, Just came off all-star break. Vince, how was your break? My break was fantastic. What'd you do? Played a lot of golf. Yes. Nothing but play golf. That sounds nice. I was in Chicago. It was Where like one degree. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Did you watch any of the weekend? What did you see? Did you see anything see. you liked? Dunk contest, perhaps? I tried to uh, watch um, Trey play and do his thing. We talked about I this. To, I mean, you watched the dunk contest after I or to, parts I have of to it. go back. You know, I had to go back and watch. I mean, you know, group chats that I have. TV, social media, you hear all this stuff. And you, I kind of felt out of the loop just mm-hmm. because I didn't watch it live. Um you know, my my um, social media and my text messages were blowing up <laughs> during. You know, they were all mostly. So, what do you think about that? <laughs> what do you give that dunk? So I knew you know, who was going on. You know, what was going on, and all that's messed up type thing. So I just, I don't know. For me, I just kind of like to watch it without uh, everyone else's opinion, and. Uh, it makes it easier for me because it's, it's a lot going. All Star Weekend is um, tends to be a busy time for me. I know it sounds weird, and I don't have to be there, right? Just because, like, through social media, uh, through request of me being there, um, being in the contest, or you know, just people wanting my opinion, and I just like to see it and watch it myself instead of kind of hear what they say because I get annoyed sometimes <laughs> with hearing what people say, you know, their reasonings, and, right? And uh, or even seeing some of the scoring, you know, because I scored, I, I score probably different than everybody else. 
how do you score? It just it just depends on the situation, obviously. You know, you know, missed dunks for me bother me a little more than maybe the the average person. Right. Um so I, I just it, it just depends on on the situation, you know. I mean, if you're attempting it multiple times, like the surprise is gone. Right. The wow factor is the word I like to use is gone. So it's like, all right, when he makes it, he makes it, which sometimes is still a difficult dunk, but like the uh, of it yeah. is gone. So I don't know how I feel about guys judging who can't dunk. And it's you mean no like disrespect. celebrities? It's no disrespect. Right. Not even that. It's just we see it different. Yeah. Because, you know, when I see a, a guy dunk and you, you do a regular dunk or any type of dunking and you see the tricks that they're doing you kind of understand how hard it is, how hard it is. Yeah. But our goal is to make it look easy. So you can get caught up into seeing a dunk that doesn't look wowing or challenging until you actually try it. When you go home, you're like, Oh, wait a minute. That dunk was actually pretty hard to do, but they made it look easy. And that's kind of, that's the goal. That's the goal. So I, I think it's a tricky, slippery slope when you get into that as far as judging, especially with an outcome like what happened um, this All-Star Weekend and not saying that any of the judges had, or that judge had anything to do with it. It's just in general. Yeah. Did you have a winner? I felt it should have been a tie. Looking back on it, you know, at at worst, it should have been a tie. It was tough to watch Aaron, especially because he's been in that situation already. Mm -hmm. So it's like you kind of hope for him that he can maybe, it could be redemption and now it's just how it is and his reaction to the situation afterwards was understandable because of it i got the chance to speak to him i told him i understand totally and and the one thing i said is okay focus on your next goal we know you have the ability you probably should be at least a a one-time champion if not a two-time champion or at least tied for it you know the trophy but focus on his next goal, whatever th- those are, and let that be his motivation because he wanted that that contest. And, and nothing. this is not to take anything from, from Derek. And I got the opportunity to talk to him. And the one thing that was cool about his reaction was how excited and how much he cherished that trophy. I, I did see him afterwards, and you can just see the joy and passion in t- to ha- holding that trophy. I was able to take myself back in to the day that I, I received that trophy. And I could just, I remember as soon as they handed me that trophy, I was like, oh, this is mine. <laughs> you know, is that one of those feelings? And I saw that in him. So when I mentioned that to him, he's like, yes. Like he's like, he said, I, I cherish, I held it all night, you know, so regardless of how it happened. And that's why I say I don't want to take anything from him because he put on a hell of a show. I just feel like they both should have had, they should both should have the trophy. But to see that made me go and look at my trophy. And just appreciate it once again. And this is 20 years later. Right. Still have the appreciation for it because I saw that in him. And I was like, that was me. Like, I, I, he wanted, this is something he grew up wanting to do, be a part of, and live that moment, be in that moment. And I was able to put myself back in that moment because of him, because of the situation. But like I said, I'm, I'm happy for for Derek Jones um, Jr., but I, I feel bad for for Aaron, because I thought he put on a great show that was worthy of a victory as well. And it has to kind of suck being Derek. I mean, he did still win, but when you're hearing, you know, 
that his opponent got robbed. Like that's what everyone was saying pretty mm-hmm. much. So mm-hmm. it must, must've been hard for him too to be like, well, you know, people out there are saying I don't deserve this. Yeah. So. And, and I think at the end of the day, people are saying that when they're meaning maybe it should have been a tie more right. so than he didn't deserve it. Like right. he put on a hell of a show. Um, but I felt, you know, it, it at, at worst, it should have been a tie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm glad it was there. <laughs> glad <laughs> you were honest. not judging. Yeah. Oh. Well, speaking of Aaron coming up here soon, we have his teammate, Markel Foltz coming mm-hmm. on the show. Um, Markel has obviously had a very interesting journey to where he's at in the NBA, um, drafted first overall. And then obviously you guys probably know the rest the injury. Downs, you know, we'll talk just, about it, but what do you see out of Markel and kind of what do you see the future being for him? You know, I'm excited to hear what he has to say. Um, I'm excited just to, to sit down and talk to him. Here's, this is a guy who uh, I've had some conversations with in his time in Philly through his dark times and his rough, his rough times. And, you know, more so than anything, just being a, an outlet for him. Uh, I, knew, I, I know some of the, the people in the, in the Sixers organization who allowed me to chat with him whenever he was willing to. Mm-hmm. And we just had just general conversation. There wasn't no sit on the couch type therapy. It was just like just having conversation. I just want to remind them, you were still the number one pick, however you slice it. Don't forget that. They picked you for a reason. They have the belief that you were a special player. Get yourself back into into gear where you can show that. And we're seeing that now. We're seeing, you know, his ability to attack the rim. It looks like he's jumping higher than ever. Uh, and you can see the confidence in his game, which we didn't see um, you know, in his time in Philly. And sometimes I think the best thing for a player when you're going through dark times is just fresh air and a, a new look and then change. And uh, I think he got that and he's really starting to take off. So I'm happy for him. And what do you think about the Orlando Magic right now? Obviously, it's an organization that, you know, you have a connection to mm-hmm. and they're trying to lock in that final spot for the playoffs. What have you seen out of them? Very young team, but has a lot of talent and they have a great coach who I actually have played for as assistant coach in my time in Orlando and they're very capable. You know, we talked about, we talk about unpredictable. <laughs> the East is unpredictable. You know, there's, I think it's going to go down to the wire as far as who's going to lock up what spots and they're right there in the mix. I mean, they're, they're capable of locking up the eighth spot to maybe even playing well enough to get to the sixth seed. So uh, they're very talented. They, they're proven um, they have some playoff experience, so I think they have that in their favor for all of the teams who are trying to play catch-up to try to take that A spot. They have that advantage because they were there last year with some um, experience now. And let's talk about the Hawks a little bit. They've You guys have had two big wins um, at home and then lost last night, mm-hmm. um, which will now be a week ago. But first of all, talk about Joel Embiid. And I also want to ask you, did you see what happened at the end of the game? Because we heard in, in an interview, he said he wanted to apologize for what he did, but I'm not actually totally sure what he did. I read on the internet, it had something to do with the middle finger. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Can you- yeah. But I, I, and it's funny. So seeing that and then reading what some of the people were saying, they were talking about because of him dancing afterwards, you know, which he was out of control with. He that. was out of control. <laughs> like, I mean, stop Millie Rocking was, on the court. He was having a career night. So you can understand that aspect of it. And so I kind of felt like people, he, I mean, you took the apology as for that, but I guess it was like 22 seconds left or something like that. And he was dribbling up to hold the ball and Kevin stole the ball, went down and we, we got a bucket out of it or we got a shot attempt out of it. I don't know if we got the bucket. And 
you know, that's what his reaction was. He kind of looked like, what are you doing? And she shot him the middle finger or whatnot. And then, you know, he ended up getting the ball back and then game was over. So um, that's what I think the uh, apology was from more so than him, you know, dancing afterwards. That's just, that's that's who he is. You know what I'm saying? So I don't see him apologizing for that because he, you know, at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, he was dancing because we allowed him to have a night like that. You know, so for us to shut that down, we had to stop him. And we didn't do that. And for people who don't know is, and we saw the, um, the fight Alfred Payton and was it Jay Jay Crowder? Yeah. Um, but is that bad basketball etiquette to, if you're down to steal the ball? For sure. For sure. Even if you're um, like losing and you just want to get another bucket. That's not, well, if you're, so the way they're, they're the winning team. So you've already had the game in hand. Mm-hmm. And I was in this situation, the exact same situation um, in Orlando. As a matter of fact, we're playing the um, New Orleans Hornets. <laughs> I've been around. Many years ago. And I had 48 points and I was having a night and going down and get the last basket. And it was probably like 10 seconds left. And the crowd, obviously fans are like, go, go get 50, get 50. Which in my mind was like, oh, this would be a great opportunity because it was nobody down there, but one guy to beat. Well, Darius Sangala was one of the guys. And the other one is uh, Morris Peterson, who was my former teammate. They were like, we love you to death, but if you go up for this layup, I'm hard following you. I'm taking, you know, putting you on the, on the floor. I was like, I totally understand. That's just the way we're taught. That's just the way the game, the basketball etiquette, it's like the unwritten rule. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's tough for fans to understand that. I'm like, oh, this is a chance for you to score 50, which maybe he gets that opportunity. Maybe I, I was like, maybe I, I'll get the opportunity again or not, which I didn't. Right. But it's just the way the game goes. And, and, and it's understood that you already have the game won. Kill the, eat the ball, take your violation and move on as a the losing team and you're in that situation yeah it's fair game you're, you're you go try to get your bucket that's just how it is so it's more so what kevin acceptable. did acceptable so it wasn't necessarily like a faux pas what kevin did by stealing the ball and trying to score cuz we were down we were down and just an opportunity some people just hey we just kind of just say we wave the white flag yeah, and it is what it is. Um, but every now and then you'll you'll dribble down the ball, and you, you see people fake at it, poke at it real quick, just to say, "Hey, maybe I can get a steal," and then kind of let it go, like Kev. So if he's dribbling down and Kev will run by, swipes and misses it, he picks it up. Mm-hmm. All right, we 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 give. Yeah, you got us. But there was an opportunity to take the ball. Let's try to get an easy basket. Regardless, we weren't going to win the game. Right. It wasn't going to tie the game. We still would have been down <laughs> a bunch of points. Right. So it's just. The way it goes. On the other end, you know, I would tell those guys if he goes for layup, hard foul him. That's just like that's just what it's supposed to be and how it goes. And and anybody would do that, especially veterans. I, I think that's the veteran thing, and like that's understood. We had that situation also last year mm-hmm. with our guy Justin Anderson in Chicago. <laughs> oh God, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that was an old school coach who also understands the rule and you know Justin getting an opportunity just that's who he is he's an aggressive player he wants to win he goes hard he, every he, time. he goes hard exactly yeah. so getting caught in the moment and it's kind of a fine line of understanding all right the game is over and trying to you know take advantage of your minutes and getting a couple of buckets because you don't get that he didn't get the opportunity to play as much so this was his chance and um yeah that didn't, it, it turned out as a, as a yeah, a, a ugly situation, but that's kind of how it goes. So it's kind of like, 
yeah, he shouldn't have done that. You know, and he actually said, you know, yeah, I got caught up in the moment. Yeah. And he said that because he's, he's been around, so he understood. And it was just one of those things. So um, shout out to Justin as well. Oh, yeah. We do need to shout him out because he Absolutely. is one of our top listeners. 100%. We love you, Justin. 100%. We miss you here in Atlanta. Yeah, Your energy is always awesome. Yeah. And we appreciate you being a fan of the show. All the time. We got to get him some merch. Yeah, he he definitely, he text, he'll text me like, what's coming up next? I need to get ready. You know, <laughs> that's my guy. So we also got to give uh, KP, the colleagues, yes. a quick shout out. Yes. I told him I would. Because KP's he's, the best. Yeah, he's been great. Did and, our music for the show, our intros, yeah. outros, all that stuff. Yeah, so he's been awesome, and I appreciate him for for doing so. I gave he actually also bought some merch. He did. He posted it on his Instagram story, yeah. which reminds me, uh, before we get started with Markel, anyone, if you guys are purchasing or receiving any kind of merch, yeah. please post it. Yeah, send um, it to us. Old man Vince over here is not on Instagram as of today, but post it on Instagram. Or tomorrow. I'll see it. Maybe the next day. I'm still trying to convince him. Tag me on Twitter. Yeah. Tag, tag Vince on Twitter. He's still on there. Tag me. Um, I'll make sure he sees it because we love to see you guys supporting us. And uh, we appreciate every single one of you for purchasing merch and supporting the show. Hey, Hoops fans, want to play in a basketball game with some of today's biggest stars with Charles Barkley or Shaq as your coach? Well, Pringles and Cheez-It are bringing you that chance with the Celebrity Crunch Classic. All you have to do is go make your winning pick for Team Cheez-It or Team Pringles at CelebrityCrunchClassic.com. You'll be entered into the Make Winning Snack Picks sweepstakes, which gives you a chance to not only win a trip to the game in Atlanta with a guest, but also to play in this game of unreal basketball, shoulder to shoulder with the celebs. And guess what? I'll be there too. Vince, you won't be able to attend, but I want you to pick off the top of your head do you like Team Cheez-It or Team Pringles for the win? Pringles. And why? I like Pringles. No, I love Pringles. <laughs> I love Pringles. Yeah, I love Pringles. So I have to go with Pringles. But not Pringles in my adult life is a is a go-to. Same. So I'm sticking with them. Uh, long story short, we got back to the hotel after the All-Star game and everything was like closed, but I hadn't had dinner. So, <laughs> so what did you do? So I ate both the cans of Pringles in my room. <laughs> It's a proud moment. <laughs> and then Team Shaq or Team Barkley? Shaq. And I'll take Barkley just because I like a little competition. Pringles versus Cheez-It. Pick a side, stock up, and go for the win. No purchase necessary. Pringles. <laughs> Again, go vote and learn more at CelebrityCrunchClassic.com. Pringles versus Cheez-It. Pick a side, stock up, and go for the win. And we have a guest from the Orlando Magic, Markel Fultz. The man right How you doing? How you doing? How are you? I'm great. Can't we're so glad to have you. Thank you for having um, me. You've been on our wish list for this whole season, so we're, we're glad to have you. Welcome oh. to Atlanta. Thank you. Are you enjoying your time here? Uh, a little bit. It's a little cold right now, but I ain't complaining. Better. Cold? <laughs> he been, he's, he's sport already yeah. in Florida. Oh, oh man. That Orlando weather has uh, definitely changed the way I feel about, you know, Nicole. Well, you've been there for a year and it's changed you that yeah, much. Wow. It doesn't yeah. take long. Wow. Yeah. Because you were in Philly. The Philly winter is much worse than exactly. Atlanta. Yeah. Wow. Way worse. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a good life. That Orlando weather, man. It'll change <laughs> you. things for you. You asked me why why I wanted to stay in uh, Florida for All-Star break. Okay, I didn't. It's like, that's obvious, but I just was wondering. If <laughs> oh, okay, you, were you at All-Star, by the way, Mark? Yes, I was in Chicago and it was Freezing. Extremely cold there. I was ready to go. Yeah, when we got back yeah. here, it was like 45 probably, and I refused to put a jacket on just because I'm like, no, this is nothing yeah. compared to Chicago. Exactly. Yeah. It's like one degree. I didn't have a jacket on either. <laughs> it was 85 <laughs> every day. <Whatever. laughs> 
these Orlando people ganging up on me. You know, I used to live there, exactly. so I, I so feel it. Did. But it rained every single day at 5 p.m. Oh. Every single Actually, day. Actually, it's 2 o'clock. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Joel, can you confirm? <laughs> Between 2 and 5. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> Such a man of the PR world. Okay, so we are on a bit of a time crunch, so we will just jump right into it. We're going to talk about... Um, to start your time with Orlando right now, we've seen obviously a lot of growth out of you just in your short time with the Magic. But talk about when you found out you were getting traded and just your excitement to join possibly a new organization. Uh, definitely. So uh, when I found out I was getting traded, I was actually in L.A. doing rehab, you know, uh, going. This is when I found out I had TOS. So um, I was attacking that um, full full uh, head steam. Um, and it was right before trade deadline. So I didn't really know what was going to happen, but uh, I wasn't really worried about it. You know, I said a prayer that morning, just, you know, wishing for the best, you know, wherever happened, I just wanted an opportunity and um, it ended up happening. And uh, it was to Orlando and I was extremely happy. You know, as soon as I found out, um, I was thankful for everything that Philly done for me, but, you know, it was the next step in my journey and I felt like it was a, you know, a clean slate and a new opportunity. So um, as soon as I found out, um, I got pulled out of my rehab and, you know, I was immediately on the phone with John and Jeff and um, they were extremely excited. And I think, you know, the first thing they said to me was, you know, uh, take your time. And um, as soon as I heard that, that was like, you know, another click in my head, you know, and then that put a smile on my face, you know, because I didn't know what it was like. I never been traded before. I never knew, you know, how it happened, what goes on, um, if they were going to try to have me play right away. Um, so, uh, that was the first thing that was going through my head as soon as I heard I got traded. But when I said that, you know, it just put a smile on my face and it made me work even harder that day in rehab. It was probably my best day of rehab because um, I was just excited for the, the, the journey and the steps. So um, from that day forward, you know, I was just locked in on getting healthy and um, couldn't wait to get to Orlando to meet them. I can imagine with that, with hearing that, that helps your transition. Now it's like very little pressure. Now yeah. I can concentrate on my body. I don't have to worry about all of the other stuff while trying to heal, yep. if you would, as well. So I can imagine you stepping in there now. It's like, okay, basketball will be there. We've had this conversation yeah. before, yeah. which we'll talk about later, but basketball will be there. G fix you first and then everything. And I, I can see confidence in your game now yeah. because of it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, again, that was probably the biggest thing and, and the best thing that I heard. As soon as I got on the phone, that was the first thing they said. And That's it wasn't awesome. just with the, you know, the front office. It was from coach to, mm -hmm. you know, my teammates to, you know, the training staff. Everybody was on the same page. Nobody wanted to rush me. You know, everybody wanted me, you know, make sure my body was right first. And um, for me, that was like huge because one, I love the game so much that I I might have tried to rush some things to try to get back. And mm -hmm. just hearing that, it made me had to sit back and relax and be like, Kill, make sure you're doing everything you need to do before you go back out there. Because, you know, everybody wants to see me do well and they want me to take my time. So um, it just Might made everything well. a, a lot easier. Right. So I'm assuming that you saying that during your time in Philly, did you feel like you were constantly kind of even on your own timeline, but being rushed to get ready, being rushed to come back, being rushed to be the player that, you know, they wanted you to be. Uh, definitely. And, and I put a lot of it on just me being a competitor that I am and the love that I have for the game, you know, um, being drafted number one, you know, it's a lot of expectation that comes with that, but it wasn't more so the people expectation that they had on me. It was the ones that I set for myself. You know, I had so, so many goals that I had for myself in my first year um, that, you know, I kind of just, I wanted to be on the floor, you know, and I feel like I, I could have impacted the game in other ways, you know, it's not always about, you know, shooting the ball and stuff like that, but it was a lot that went into it, you know, it, it, it has to go with your opportunities that you have and, you know, the skill that you do while you're in your opportunity. So um, I feel like 
the injury that I had, it, it didn't allow me to perform to the, the best of my ability in the situation that I was in. So, um, it was, it was, it was tough for me because, you know, I was, it was things that I wanted to do, but in the situation I was in, I wasn't able to do it. So I had to, you know, sit back and realize that, you know, I got to get myself right before I can, you know, try to be successful in the situation. And, um, that's what I just had to do. And well, I was thankful that you allowed me the opportunity for us to have a yeah. conversation and be an outlet for you amongst everyone else that you have. And, you know, I remember one of the questions I, I, I asked you, and I don't know if you remember it, you know, and, and I, I mentioned it earlier. I said, uh, I said, you know, I asked you what pick were you? And you answered it, the yeah. number one pick. Yeah. I said, get yourself together, get your confidence together to show the world and yourself mm-hmm. why they believed in you as the number one pick. And I remember you seeing you like, all right, you know, you know, we had our other yep, conversation yep. and I was just kind of happy to kind of see like, you know, whether you had doubt or not. At that moment, it turned the light on. It's like, you know what? All right. Let me focus on me first. Exactly. And I felt like that's the energy I got from you. So with that being said, was there a point that you were really down and out and felt like maybe I'm not who they think I am? Did you ever get to that point? I didn't get to that point of not thinking I, I was the number ability. one pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was more so, it was frustrating because I knew that something was going on with me. Mm-hmm. But again, my pride and my competitive nature wanted me to stay on the floor and try mm-hmm. to compete, you know, through, through all it. of it. And it just wasn't what, what, what was best for me. Right. You know, the best thing for me was get your body right. And, and me growing up my whole life, you know, I've had injuries, but I've always played through them, you know, and at this point in time, you know, it's a business and you got to make sure you're straight first. And I'm, I'm thankful for everything I went through because the one thing that I learned is no matter if it's your pinky, your big toe, you know, your knee, um, just communicating how you feel and how your body is, is a huge thing. And that's the most important thing because at the end of the day, you know, you got to invest in yourself and that's the only thing that's going to keep you going on the court. And I learned that early. So again, what you said, it clicked in my head, you know, I didn't really have a lot of people thinking about that. It, it helped me, you know, just immediately start thinking about my body and taking care of my body a, a different way. What did it mean to you to have, you know, a future Hall of Famer, what were you, 20-year player at that point in the league, to hear him, like, you know, kind of remind you of who you are and, you know, who you're going to be? Everything. It was everything because at the time... um, I, I kind of didn't have, you know, it was everything going on on the internet and everybody talking how they were talking, but I didn't ever doubt myself. It just, it helped me realize that, Kel, you you know, you're special to have the opportunity for God again to bless me to have, you know, a great, a great guy and um somebody who's played that long in the league come to me and, and just talk to me. He didn't have to do that. So um it, it was just like a sign to me to just lock in, you know, he's saying it for a reason. Um And I looked at that and I reflected and it worked out. Yeah, he's a good, pretty good dude. <laughs> no, I mean, and it's something I just felt like, and and I talked to some of the guys in the organization. Mark Eversley, I'm a very good friend. I was yeah. like, you know, if he, if you were cool with it, I just, you know, just wanted to chat yeah. and just get it out there on yeah. the table, whatever you had to say. You know, sometimes it's like you have people around you that you always want to talk to, but sometimes it's just it's cool when you feel comfortable and you can get it out on the table to someone, someone else that's just a listener. Go for it, and I was like, "Hey, I, I extended my hand in, in friendship, and hey, let's let's chat, let's talk. You know, I'd be real with them, but yet supportive, and just give them my opinions on 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 some things. And like I say, if I can help, just get that light bulb on to kind of turn the corner. I'm all for it. Like I said, I didn't want anything from it, but to see 
what we're seeing now, like his athleticism, his confidence, his game back to where you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's why they drafted him number one with this potential, you know. So it's just great to see more so than anything. Yeah. And I have one more question about Philly and then we'll move towards your success right now in Orlando. Mm-hmm. But um, we like to talk about kind of struggles on this podcast. We sure. had DeMar DeRozan on. He came on, talked a lot about mental health and all that. But what was it like for you, you know, in your headspace when you're seeing people question your career or is he ever going to get his shot back? Um, you knew you still had yeah. it. But for you, what was that like to go through all that? It was crazy. Um, a lot of people probably thought I was like down or like sad but for me it was it was fun because you know my whole life I've been doubted you know I got cut from you know varsity I've been you know had to make my way to the rankings and for me I felt like it was another obstacle on my path to greatness because you know the player I want to be and I have planned for myself in order to get better you got to go through tough times so um at those times I was just really locked in you know I had to find my core core group of people and um really lock in them and that's the only thing that mattered um at the time you know and uh at times I did get down some days you know that were tougher than others where I was like I didn't want to go in because I felt like it wasn't the best day but those were the days that I had to really lock in and and figure out how to get it done you know I learned a lot about myself in those times that you know how tough I was because I know a lot of people who would have been in my shoes and would have quit they would have quit and for me I I was trying to figure out anything. It was times I was in practice and I was shooting my left hand. You know, I was I was doing whatever I had to do to 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 be on the floor. Again, I think it goes back to the love that I have for the game. You know, I was thinking of it of a, a different way. I was thinking as if I was never gonna get, you know, be able to shoot again. And um I think it was just a different mindset for me. I I, I think it was a, a great experience because another thing that happened was um I've learned and seeing people that didn't need to be in my life at that time because it was people that were not around me who had been around me when everything was going good. And at that time, you know, when I needed people, they weren't there. So um, I got to uh, exclude a lot of people from my life. And again, I feel like that was a blessing that happened because now that I'm going on the right path and on the right track, I got the right people that I need around me and I don't have people that's going to get me off track. So I, I feel like everything that happened there and, uh, mentally and physically, it just made me stronger and I learned a lot from it. So I'm, I'm very thankful that I went through it. So it's crazy to think about how mentally tough you guys are because, you know, the average person like myself, you know, we get one piece of bad feedback or, you know, like we've talked about one bad review on the show and I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. I can't imagine getting national, you know, international coverage, probably talking about it, but you stayed locked in, you stayed positive, And I think that's amazing. Which is the toughest part of it because like, like you said, he just, he loves the game so much. And that's all we focus on is just how do I get on the game, get back in the game and be the person player that I am and just play this game because I love it. The outside world looks at it a little different. You know, one, they put us on this pedestal. We're supposed to be perfect every day. Mm-hmm. We as fans, when we look at fan, with our fandom of other sports, we tend to forget that. Still human. Play this game to be as good as we possibly can. But we, when we see our favorite team, we want our favorite player or our players to be perfect. No, they have to be perfect. No, he can't get hurt. He's whatever, you know. So um, I think that's the toughest thing to, to for fans to kind of understand the reality of our lives is that we have feelings, but we have to kind of shelter, put them, you know, shelter them, put them up in on the shelf sometime, and be the tough guy all the time when we're allowed to have feelings and we're allowed to kind of have our emotional time where we need help. We need somebody to to be in our corner 
to support us, not to break us down. There again, going back to that's why I felt, you know, I want to be one of the positive people because I can recall coming into the league, I was fortunate enough to have five veterans on my team and say, hey, like, I'm going to teach you how this game's played. I got your back. So I always had somebody to fall uh, back on in tough times. I didn't play well. I didn't understand it. You, have, you always knew I can call him and he's going to be straight with me. And that's what we need sometimes. So Yeah. And I feel like we've talked about sometimes younger players don't have as much love for the game anymore. Like, it, or it's not evident mm-hmm. to us, like back when you were in your, you know, beginning years. Do you see that from Markel as like the guy who has so much love for the game that like it won't ever perish? For sure. And I guarantee, and I'm, I'm not speaking for him, I feel like now he has more love for it and appreciation more. for it. Exactly. That was another thing, you know, playing a game and, you know, some days I would come in and I would never take the game for granted, but some days, you know, I would come in and joke around and stuff like that. But now I realize that, you know, I didn't choose for that to happen. I didn't want to not play. So now every day I come in, even just to work out or get treatment, you know, it's a different appreciation. You know, I'm grinding even harder just because I know, I don't never know when it's going to be taken from me, you know, and I never know when my last day on this earth is going to be. So, I don't want to leave anything, you know, for me to be left out there. So that's one thing that I definitely take pride in every day is just giving it my all. And um, I think that's helped me a lot in not only basketball, but in life. So so let's talk about Orlando. You guys had a good comeback win last night against the Brooklyn Nets. What was that like for you? And do you feel like that's a good sign for you guys as you're trying to lock in that playoff spot? Um, It was, it was a crazy experience, you know, because... We know what we're capable of, and that game was kind of shaky in the beginning. And um, when we came to the bench, you know, we all kind of got on each other. And um, I think at that moment, uh, it kind of made me happy. And it made me realize, you know, we got a special team, you know, to be able to hold each other accountable and just make that push and that fight to come back from, you know, we were down 20 and to get the win. Uh, It just shows, you know, as if we stick together and we hold each other accountable, you know, we can go as far as we want to. So uh, that was a big win. We a much needed win that we needed. And um, I think it just showed the, the toughness of our team and the guys that we have. And I think we all played as a team and, uh, and that's what we, that's our goal. And it was good. But that goes uh, to that experience we were talking about earlier. You know, they've been there. They understand mm-hmm. what it takes and what needs to be done, you know, because in your rear view, there's a bunch of us who are playing catch up trying to just to, to, to get a spot. So, you know, that just speaks volumes to, you know, veteran, not, I don't want to say veteran, but experienced team because they were in this position last year mm-hmm. and they found a way to do it. Exactly. Let's talk a little about my co-host, Vince Carter. You were obviously quite young when he started playing, but um, do you have any memories of watching him play growing up that have stuck with you? I, I used to watch a lot of highlights. I was big on highlights because uh, I was always outside, so I didn't get to watch a lot of live games, but... I used to watch a lot of his top top dunks. I think my favorite one is still the USA um, jumping over. I used to try to do that on a mini hoop, not even you know regular. So it was like amazing to me. It was the first time I ever seen it in a game. I'm pretty sure he didn't even know he was going to jump over, and it just Did happened, not. you know. Exactly. And it just shows you how athletic he is. And I used to think I was athletic, but then I realized, you know, playing with some guys like T. Ross, you know, AG, you you realize it's different types of athleticism. So <laughs> it, it made me work a little bit harder. But that was probably one of my favorite favorite moments. That was a good one. If you haven't heard before, he actually did not know that he dunked over yeah. someone, which is like, what? Yeah. How? Must be nice. Must be nice, man. Could you do it today if you had to? Heck no. Could you jump over like fi- me, 5'4"? Uh, 
hit or miss. I gotta be. I gotta get locked in. There would be no taco fall dunks for you. No. <laughs> Shout out to Aaron no, Gordon. Not at all. No, 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 no taco falls. No taco Shoot, falls. that's a big dude. That's a big yeah, that's dude. A big dude. Yeah, that's How a, tall is he? Like seven, seven six. foot. Yeah. <laughs> He's that's the big insane. dude, man. Yeah. That's insane. What are you looking forward to about the rest of this season? Obviously, hopefully you guys making the playoffs. How are you staying locked in and focused on that end goal? Uh, just taking it a game at a time, you know, leaving it all on the line each game. And um, I'm looking forward just to the experience. Of, you know, this is the longest I've ever played since I've been in the NBA. So, um, again, hopefully we make the playoffs and that's our goal. And then just getting that playoff experience, being able to play in the playoffs, that's a, a different type of basketball, getting ready for the summer so I can lock in and be ready for next year because uh, I'm just taking everything in this year, you know, learning the game, um, learning, seeing where I can get better at both on and off the court. The best way to do that is just being there and going through it yourself so um every mistake i make um every good thing that i do i'm just learning from it and uh, i think that's the best thing about this game is you can always get better in some way some shape some form so i'm just really looking forward to going through these last couple games and uh competing at a high level and then getting in the playoffs hopefully and i'm um, going through that experience again and i'm um, just learning from it are there any guys in the league who besides vince that you have had formed a relationship with as kind of like a veteran presence or someone that you ask questions to or that you look up to now in the league? Definitely uh, Isaiah Thomas um, with Washington. Uh, he's not in the league right now, but Jamal Crawford has been mm-hmm. a big help. Uh, he's like a big brother to me. Yeah, he's a great dude. And um, I mean, it's a lot. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of guys, you know, actually um, reach out to me and just, you know, give me kind words and advice. So um, it's been coaches, you know, Coach Steve has been, uh, Clifford has been, you know, a huge help. Just him being open and honest. I think that's the biggest thing, like he said, being honest and telling me when I mess up and, you know, helping me get better. Uh, and that's that's the one thing I always want. You know, I want people to be honest with me, not sugarcoating or, you know, telling me stuff that they think I want to hear because at the end of the day, uh, I'm trying to be the best player I can be. And the only way you can do that is being honest with me. So, um it's been a lot of guys that, that have been there for me. So You hear that? He wants to be coached. Yeah, 100%. Like 100%. What, do you, what do you mean, Vince? <laughs> I'm just saying. A young player wants to be coached. Yeah. yeah. That's, sure. that's major. That's a good one. That's major. Welcome to the league. We are almost out of time, so we will talk about, we have a segment that's called Welcome to the League, where our guest shares um, maybe one good, one bad moment when you were like, Holy crap! I made it. Whether that was being dunked on or dunking on someone. Yeah. What was that moment? Uh, like? Do you remember your first? And do you remember your first basket? My first, no, like basket, your first shot in your first basket. If you remember my that first as well. Basket. Are you talking like a preseason or are you talking regular about, season? Uh, regular season or pre- whatever one. I'm, whatever one sticks with you. Regular season. I think we were, actually I do remember my first game was in Washington, and uh, that's where I'm from, Washington D.C. So um, I think my first basket was actually a layup uh, off a of Joel screen. I think I had a layup. I'm not 100% about that, but I know it was in Washington. That was our first game, but I'm pretty sure it was a layup off Joel's screen. And uh, my welcome to the NBA moment probably was this year. Uh, we played in Toronto, and uh, uh, Van Fleet uh, crossed me, and I fell. And I literally, <laughs> I, I had no idea, like, what happened. Uh, I was just trying to get back. You know, he did a snatchback, and next thing you know, I was just going down. And it was like, it was it was crazy. But to me, you know, it, was, it happens, you know. But um, that was my moment where I realized, like, you here, like, it's, it's the league yeah, yeah. It's, it's gonna happen yeah, it happens yeah. to the best of them right, you know right. and uh you know I, I remember i used to brag to my friends about never being crossed or dunked on um and and when that happened i just i just knew like i, I already knew when i came to the bench they were gonna be talking and right. after but it, it was it was it was a fun moment um but 
I realized at that moment, you know, it, it can happen to anybody. So yeah, I I know when we see like you know very successful players getting crossed up or you know falling, but I'm wondering <laughs> like, do you just kind of brush it off and you're like next thing, or does it stick with Got you to. at all? I was trying to get the ball out and go back and hurry up and get a bucket. Um, but you know it it happens. You know, for me, it didn't really like make me think like, oh man, I got crossed, but um. I mean, I just laughed about it and kept moving um, because, again, like it happens to the best of them. So, I mean, ain't nothing you can do about it now. It's happening. And I've been through way worse, you know, so it's just like getting crossed is the least of your concern. Exactly. I'd rather get crossed than dunked on. So, right. I can imagine. (laughs) You know what? I just want to shout out Mike Muscala. I don't know. I doubt he's listening. But when he was with the Hawks, I saw him get dunked on so many times because, you know, he's the center and he doesn't really jump. So he's kind of just there and like he really handled it well because he got dunked on all the time. It happens, man. It happens. I know you've dunked on way too many people too. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Friendships ended over dunks. Hey, it's just, you know, it happens. Right. That's all I could say. How would you feel if you got dunked on by 43-year-old Vince Carter? It's probably worse being dunked on me now. Right now, I'll probably... You know, I would take it as an honor, but uh, <laughs> I would feel pretty, uh, pretty bad right now. But, yeah. You know. Well, we were talking earlier about hard fouls, so maybe we would just have to be there somewhere. <laughs> I would, just don't I let me hit the floor too hard. Yeah, exactly. Just oh, catch my. him on exactly. his way down. <laughs> He's fragile. <laughs> <laughs> we need to see it like an OG dunk before the season's just, over. You I dunked just, recently. I'm just saving it. You know, okay, fine. Save, save it. Hold I'm on to it. For the last, I got, right? <laughs> only have 25 games left, so I'm <laughs> saving know. for the last 10. Okay, fine. We'll we'll stay locked in. You never know. You have those like he has a few blocks that have been really good that make me like question my life because he's forty three doing this and is like who was the one recently? You had one like last night, I think. Last night? Wipe that one clean. Yes. Seventy sixers. Mm-hmm. Used to it. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Vince, you got anything else for Markel before we wrap up? No, nah, man. That's that's basically you know. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm thankful you're here and wanted to get the opportunity to kind of say you know just seeing you now. And the confidence you have on the court, I was like, no, I yep, appreciate it. He's man. on his way up now, it. you know, and you can just tell in your game and just how you interact. You know, I, I knew before you even said it that you're thankful for the opportunity. And, you know, I say sometimes I, I, I love seeing guys who play for what's on the front of the jersey instead of the back of the mm-hmm. jersey. And I think you will have a more of an appreciation for it Definitely. now because, you know, when you're sitting back there and you want to play and you can't, for whatever reason, you miss it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's something I talk about now. That's why I always throw around 25 games left. Like, I'm going to miss it. So I can imagine for you, who still has years and years of this league, you still miss it because he loves it. And you work so hard to get here. So when it's taken from you for a brief moment, like, you have a, a more of appreciation for it when you put that uniform on every day. You know, so every time I put that uniform on now, it's like, <sighs> I only get 25 more times to do yeah. this, you know? So I value it. You know, I'm sure like you, you are as well. Definitely. That's it for the kid. Well, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. Give us five stars. Five Markel, stars. you think we should get five stars? I got you. Yeah, for sure. He'll, he'll even go do it right five now. So I'm if you like too. Markel, give us five stars, and we will talk to you next time. We out.